Amen. Amen. You know, when we sing that uh, song or hear that song sung, uh, we might think uh, the old account was settled long ago. We might think of the day we got saved. Um, and for some, that may have been long ago. Uh, but really what I think that song is mainly what points to my heart is the old account was settled some 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. And uh, the big question is, is have you accepted that offer? Uh, I, I want to let you know that if you're here tonight, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's a crying shame because your sin debt's been paid. Now, you have to access that. Uh, you have to accept it. And uh, God's not going to force it on you. Uh, and we accept that through faith. Amen? And uh, I tell you what, uh, uh, what, a, what a great... Uh, what a great uh, uh, I was trying to think, uh, I see Greg and Melinda over there, they had a salesman, uh, I, can't, I may not tell the story right, but uh, I think he was a young salesman, wasn't he Melinda? And he was talking about uh, salvation, he said, you know what, that's a good deal. <laughs> that's a good deal <laughs> and amen that is a good deal amen and uh, uh, just just through faith accept the grace that was offered amen uh, that's the best deal ever and uh, so praise the Lord I think I've shared with you guys before I'm a terrible trader uh, I just never have been good at it I, I never could turn a buck now my dad you know passed away recently he was a horse trader he he could just buy you know something and sell it for three times as much the next day just the way it was and uh, but not me, you know. I buy buy high and sell low. That's that's kind of how I do things, so it doesn't work out. But uh, but even I can see that's a good deal, amen. To be saved, and so praise the Lord. All right, Hebrews chapter nine. Hebrews chapter nine. Uh, go ahead and take your Bibles, turn there if you will, and you can remain seated tonight. I just uh, uh, going to kind of be doing a lesson today, and uh, we're preaching on. Uh, I'm sorry, I got uh, got the wrong stuff here. Hold on, just a second. There it is. And Nehemiah, I said Hebrews, but I meant Nehemiah, that was this morning's message. And uh, so uh, maybe I need to preach that one again, right? So, but Nehemiah chapter 3, probably got uh, Brad up there uh, panicking. <laughs> Amen. So, so Nehemiah chapter 3. Uh, but tonight we're looking at successful labor, and we've been preaching through the book of Nehemiah. And uh, I do want to read, we, we read this verse last week, but I want to kind of take off from it. But uh, we're actually going to start in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18. And uh, we read this verse, already kind of broke it down, but I wanted to read it. And then we'll get into uh, Nehemiah chapter 3 as we break some things down. Kind of a, probably more like a Sunday school lesson tonight, but I believe it'll be a blessing to your heart. But uh, we learned how Nehemiah had uh, made it uh, to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. Remember, the walls had been torn down many years before by Nebuchadnezzar, and the gates burned. Uh, Nehemiah uh, had a vision to go and rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. And it says there in verse 18 of chapter 2, Then I told them of the hand of my God, which is good upon me. He let, him, let everyone know the vision that he had, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, now this is the people, let us rise up and build. Uh, and notice what it says, so they strengthened their hands for this good work. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching of the word of God tonight. Uh, we thank you for the good fellowship tonight, Lord. And thank you for church family and being here, Lord. And uh, Father, I can't think of a better place than any of us could be tonight uh, than in the house of God. And pray, Father, that you'll speak to hearts in a way that only you can. And uh, Father, we'll thank you for all that you're going to do tonight. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. 
So uh, we have here, as I said, we're going to be talking about the building of the wall around Jerusalem, again, in the days uh, of Nehemiah. Uh, and this was going to be a massive job, and we'll get more into the details of that next week. But, but Nehemiah, to start off with, you know, he needed laborers, he needed help, he needed workers, um, and a lot of them. Uh, and he was needing laborers that were committed and, and zealous and, and diligent and, and, and unified, uh, uh, as we're going to see here in just a moment. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and have Brother Brad. He's going to show a picture behind me here. And uh, go ahead and show that, Brother, that first picture that I gave you. And this is just an artist uh, rendition of what the city during Nehemiah's time would have looked like. In other words, the wall would already be complete. And so you see there, it's not a very big area. Now, Jerusalem today, it's a, you know, it's a big, big city. Uh, but in Nehemiah's day, that kind of gives you a count. The, the big building at the back, at the top of the picture there, that would be the temple, okay? And then you have the wall going around the city. And you can just leave that up there for right now, brother. But uh, that's what Nehemiah had a vision to build. And, and, you know, that's probably about right, about what it looked like. Uh, at that time. So you kind of get a, an idea uh, of the shape and, and those types of things. That's only, just to kind of give you a perspective on size, that's probably only about 30 acres. So it's not a lot of land, okay? And uh, so I'll tell you what, Brother Brad, go ahead and show that next picture, and uh, we'll keep it right there. So there's that shape, and there's the temple about, and you notice some gates around there. So tonight, we're going to start with different groups of people. We're going to start up there at the Sheep Gate, and we're going to go counterclockwise all the way around and back up. And we're going to kind of use that for our outline tonight as we talk about uh, some of the, the uh, uh, successful laborers there. Uh, and I believe it will just be a, a blessing to you and just kind of want you to get a good, good, uh, good idea of what we're talking about. Um, because that's what we're really going to focus on tonight, mostly is the, the type of workers themselves. And I believe God's looking for these types of workers today. Now, we don't have to build a wall. Uh, sometimes we do build walls around here, amen? <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, but what I'm talking about is, you know, the work of the ministry. And we're going to see a type of workers in these, not, not only men, but even women, uh, really three characteristics of this successful labor. I'm going to go ahead and give them to you first, and we're going to talk about each one as we work our way around this wall. And we're going to see, number one, uh, that there was unity amongst the workers. And, I, you know, we can't stress that enough. Amen. Paul would often preach that. There was also humility. And then, of course, my favorite uh, is zeal. And we're going to see some, some examples of that out of these men and women that, that were given uh, to, uh, to the work. And we're going to do that by, first of all, looking uh, kind of at these gates. And just like I said, kind of just to give you a little background, a little teaching on this. And so we see there, as I said, we're going to start with the sheep gate. And we're going to work our way around counterclockwise all the way back. But I did want to mention these gates. Just uh, doesn't really have a whole lot to do with the message, but just for your information, um, we noticed there the sheep gate, and that's where the, the sheeps and the lambs were, would be taken through for the sacrifices. So, you know, that was a gate that the Levites and, and priests and stuff would certainly be interested in. We keep working around, you see the fish gate. Uh, uh, the fishermen would bring their catch, their, their, their catch that is, uh, into the city to be sold. Um, the, the old gate, I wasn't really able to find a lot of information about the old gate over the years. Um, but uh, certainly probably one of the first gates probably that was built for the city. 
Um, and then the valley gate, which opened uh, to the uh, uh, several of the surrounding valleys. Remember, Jerusalem's up on a hill, and it's got valleys around it. And, and uh, so you see there the, the valley gate. And certainly there's a lot more that could be said about each gate, but I'm just kind of giving you a general uh, idea here. And as you continue on, you'll see one there at the bottom there, the, the southernmost one, uh, or uh, down at the bottom of the gate, which is the southern one, but uh, is the dung gate. And that's where uh, trash, refu uh, rubbish uh, would be taken out. Um, uh, it was actually goes into the Valley of Hinnom uh, and burned uh, the Valley of Hinnom. Anybody know the significance of the Valley of Hinnom? Uh, that's the valley that leads on into the Valley of Armageddon, and so a very uh, important uh, valley as well. Uh, but the Fountain Gate, that would be near the Pool of Siloam, uh, used by people for cleaning before going to the temple to give their sacrifice or what have you. Um, the Water Gate is where uh, President Nixon would come in. Just wanted to make sure y'all were listening. Uh, but uh, no, it was, uh, there was a spring, uh, Gihon, I believe, was the name of that spring, and it led to that. Uh, the horse gate, and uh, that was, uh, you're kind of getting the area where the king was at a lot, and uh, close to the king's stables, and certainly used by the horsemen to go to battle, those types of things. Now, the east gate, that's a, that's a good gate right there. That, that's that's uh, got a lot of significance to it. Uh, it faces the Mount of Olives, and we know that not only did our Lord and Savior ascend back to heaven from the Mount of Olives, but that's where he's returning to as well. And uh, uh, certainly the gate, uh, Zechariah, uh, chapter 14 indicates that he'll be coming through that eastern gate, perhaps. And so, wow, what a, what a tremendous thought that is. You know, the, uh, the Muslims today, if you go over there, have had the opportunity to go to Jerusalem and uh, certainly would love to go back. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, uh, the Arabs kind of control things there right now. And, and um, uh, they, have, uh, they have a cemetery right outside the eastern gate. And, and they put that there uh, kind of as a you know, a show of force, if you will, but they don't understand. That's not going to keep Jesus from entering in, amen, uh, but uh, kind of some interesting things. So you see there the east gate, uh, then the inspection gate, or sometimes called the gate of review. Uh, it was a gate that uh, strangers, that is, um, those that weren't Jewish but wanted to be in the city, they had to go register there, and, uh, uh, you know, no illegal aliens, right? And uh, they, they also uh, used that. Also, uh, the soldiers returned from battle through there as well. Um, and so that's kind of where the, the name of the review gate got. So that kind of gives you an idea of these gates that, that were once, and then they were tore down. Uh, the, the walls were tore down by Nebuchadnezzar, and then this wall would be put up and these gates restored. Uh, but today, tonight, I really want to look at those involved in, in this work. And again, that their characteristics that, that I shared with you all ago of successful labor. And, you know, last week, you know, just really uh, excited about what God's doing at Central Calvary Baptist Church. And I just, I mean, we're going to need laborers. I mean, we're going to need workers. And uh, so I just feel like this is a great uh, time to, to look at some things. And we're not going to read every verse in chapter 3, but, but, but some. And uh, so number one, let's talk about unity the, unity. the work of the Lord needs unity. And we're going to stop there, or start that is, at the top with the sheep gate. And we're going we're to talk about a group of people that work from the sheep gate uh, uh, down to the valley gate. So that would include the sheep gate, the fish gate, and the old gate. And there was a certain group of people there. We're going to see some unity. And uh, this was uh, uh, pretty amazing. Notice there verse 1 and 2. 
Uh, notice verse 1, chapter 3. Then Eliashib, now I'm going to be honest, I probably aren't going to pronounce these names correctly, but there's like 50 of them, and I just didn't go through. And usually I'll try to look these things up and try to pronounce them right. So, of course, the only one that's probably going to get on to me about that is the little dark-haired girl sitting over here to my left anyway. Uh, but I just want to make a disclaimer right off the bat, amen. Uh, but uh, it says there, chapter 3, verse 1, then, then Eliashib, the high priest, uh, and high priest, that's a pretty significant uh, thing there, rose up with his brethren. Uh, so these would be uh, Levites, uh, uh, priests, if you will, and they builded the sheep gate, they sanctified it and set up the doors of it, even under the tower of Mia, they sanctified it under the tower of uh, Hananiel. Now, not only were these gates being built in the wall, but, but also watchtowers, if you will. They're not indicated on this. So this was a big, big project. And in verse 2, you see, unto, and next unto him builded the men of Jericho, and next to them builded uh, Zakur, the son of Imri. Now, there's other research that we can do. I, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time doing this. But uh, uh, I want us to, first of all, look at the, the unity exemplified here. In other words, you, you really had what we would call today clergy, if you will, uh, but also laymen. Uh, in other words, we see there the priests that are mentioned. Uh, they they uh, certainly would start on that sheep gate, that is, the wall proceeding from it. And I think it's neat that even the high priest himself, Elisha, uh, he, he joined to, to help with his hands. I mean, he got in there and, and began to, to work. Uh, and again, that included the towers and so forth for that. And so what we see here tonight is, you know, when there's work to be done, you know, regardless of position, amen, there, there was a job that needed doing, amen. And we should never be above doing what needs to be done, amen. You know, hey, and I'm talking, you know, outside of physical limitations, providential hindrances. Please don't misunderstand me. But I think this is amazing. You see this, you know, unity, this solidarity with, with you know, the high priest even and the clergy and the lay people all working together. And even families, as we read on down, look at verse 3. Uh, but the fish gate, so we're now down to the fish gate, did the sons of Hassanah build, uh, who also laid the beams thereof, and set up the doors thereof, and locks thereof, and bars thereof. And next unto them repaired uh, Mirmoth, uh, the son of Uriah, the son of Kaz. And next unto them repaired Meshulam, the son of Berkiah, and the son of Meshub. Uh, Meshezebel, uh, and next unto them uh, repaired Zadok, the son of uh, Bana. And so uh, what we have here is we have some families, different types of families that are working together here. Now remember what we read back in chapter 2, you know, they had a mind to work. They, they wanted to strengthen their hands. And uh, so these families were working together there in that area, the fish gate and the, the next one. And, 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 and uh, keep in mind, you know, you might look at that and go, well, you know, the people between the horse gate and the east gate, you know, they don't have very much. But see, the terrain was different there. In other words, just because the, there's a distance between each gate doesn't mean that that was harder to do because it's a very hilly area, mountainous area. So the terrain, also keep in mind there was debris from the other wall that was there as well. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, the, the length of each piece of wall really doesn't indicate how much work was involved. We don't really know for sure. But certainly uh, the terrain and those types of things would play a, a role in all of that. Uh, but these families were, were all working together. They, they had their sections, if you will, because we want to do things organized, right? 
you know, we won't say, okay, you guys take care of this, you guys take care of this, but we're all working together. Uh, and and uh, again, you know, nobody was really worried about who had more work or less work. They just, they just strengthened their hands. And I tell you, folks, that's what it takes today as well, amen, is, is just unity and, and wanting to get the job done. And we see here these, these families that were working together with other families, amen. Uh, and and what, a, what a breath of fresh air that is. And, and certainly that isn't always easy. I understand it. And, and it didn't mean that they all agreed on everything and, and those types of things. But they joined together. They saw this job that needed to be done. Again, they strengthened their hands uh, for the work. It was important uh, to them. And when you had that many people, you know, working together in, in different families and, and uh, some had been exiled to different parts and, and they've come back. And, you know, in other words, they all had different backgrounds. We see there, uh, let's see in verse 6, it says, Moreover, the old gate repaired uh, uh, Jehoiada, uh, the son of Pasea, uh, and Meshulam, the son of uh, Bas. Uh, Oh, Basodiah, uh, they laid the beams thereof, set the doors thereof, and the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. And uh, so we're down to the old gate, and I'm not going to take time to read all these things, but as you read on down, you see all the different people. And no doubt, these people were from different areas, uh, and, and no doubt had, had lived, you know, differently, different cultures, if you will, lived different from others. You know, today we would say, you know, you had some from the country, you had some from the city, you had some from the, from the uh, 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 what am I trying to say, the suburbs or what have you. So, so I'm just saying you had all these different kinds of people, but yet they were, you know, they lived different from each other. Um, and as you read on down through there, particularly through verses 8 and 12, you, you begin to see uh, names there that, that were people of business. They were political leaders. You read about uh, one guy. He was the half-ruler of Jerusalem. Uh, and his daughters, they put their hands to the work, you see. And uh, so this was, you know, white-collar, blue-collar. These, these, there was a specific job that needed to be done, and they came together to get the work done. Now, scholars will teach us that, that probably there were some 42 different groups of people um, that worked together to rebuild the wall, you know. Uh, 42 different groups, not 42 people, but 42 different groups of people. And so you know there were some differences, you know. Everybody was a little different. Uh, but they showed unity when it came to the work of the Lord. And I tell you, every church ought to, ought to desire to do that uh, and... and and, and unity certainly is, is a must, amen? And, and again, we have priests, we have, you know, priests, Levites, even the high priests. We have political leaders, we've got common people, uh, you know, men, women, business leaders, skilled craftsmen uh, that were really doing manual labor, <laughs> you know, as well. Uh, you know, we need that today, amen? In other words, we, we need people who say, hey, I don't, I don't have to be the leader. I don't have to be the, the one in charge, uh, hey, listen, you might be qualified to work for NASA, amen, and, and that's great, uh, but, but people need to say, yeah, I, could, I work for NASA, but hey, I'll carry some rock, amen, I'll move some debris out of the way, I'll do what needs to be done, I'll teach that class, I'll do whatever needs to be done, amen, I'm telling you, that's, that's what God wants to use, amen, and that's the stuff that revivals are made out of. Uh, you might be the uh, leader of a multi-million dollar business. 
but uh, uh, hey, don't be afraid to, 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 to do what needs to be done. Amen. Grab the broom and sweep the floor, what have you. Amen. That, that's, that's the kind of stuff that God wants and that he needs. And again, the, the unity, if you will. Uh, just, you know, not being uh, afraid of, of, of even, in this case, old-fashioned labor for the Lord, but, but just getting in there. Now, unfortunately, though, not everybody exemplifies unity. Look at verse 5. Now, how would you like to have your, your name mentioned in Scripture, amen, forever in this way? And it says, and next to them, the uh, Tekoites repaired but their nobles put not their necks to the work of the Lord. Oh, what an embarrassment, amen? Uh, and, and throughout the ages, you know, uh, if they're in heaven, we could go up and go, yeah, I read about you. You didn't really want to work. <laughs> you thought you were too good uh, for that, amen? And uh, so we, we, don't, we don't want to be on that roll, do we? Amen? Absolutely not. Uh, and so again, uh, we understand not everybody is going to be unified. Uh, these men here, they didn't feel, I think the mention of them being nobles is on purpose. Uh, their reasoning is unknown, but, but probably they just felt that they were a little too good for that. You know, uh, they let somebody else do that job. I, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm above that. Certainly, we don't want we don't want that in our life. But we see there the unity. Number two, we see the work of the Lord needs humility. I want to read verses uh, 13 and 14. So now we're down to the valley gate. You can just kind of follow along there on the map behind me. Uh, the valley gate uh, repaired uh, Hanan uh, and the inhabitants of Zenoa. Uh, they built it and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, the bars thereof, and the, a thousand cubits on the wall unto the dung gates. Now we're down to the, to the dung gate. Now notice verse 14. But the dung gate repaired uh, Malchiah, the son of Rechab, that is, the ruler of part of Beth uh, Hasarim. He built it and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. When they're talking about the locks, the doors, they're talking about the gate part of that. Uh, so they built part of the wall and the gate. Now, again, the work of the Lord needs humility, and that's why we're, you know, we, we see the, the valley gate there, but I want to focus on this dung gate. Uh, there was a family that was dedicated to that section uh, you know, of, of the dung gate, if you will. And we see there the southernmost part of the city. As I mentioned a while ago, that was the area that really was a garbage dump, even by today's standards, and even more. Uh, it was a place that was usually, there was stuff always burning there. Uh, uh, one commentary put uh, his description of it would be a putrid smoke at all times. So not a pleasant place. Certainly not a pleasant place uh, to work. In other words, they were burning the trash and whatever else, any type of waste. And so that was always in the air. So... What I'm saying is that would certainly be an undesirable place to serve the Lord from, wouldn't it? But it was needed. Amen. Somebody needed to do it, didn't they? You know. Hey, listen. Uh, uh, humility. Amen. Humility. I tell you, we need this uh, in our churches today. Uh, uh, obviously, there were some in this case, uh, we read there the families that humbled themselves for that task at hand. And again, we, we never want to exalt ourselves or think more highly of ourselves than what we, re what we really are. Uh, listen, we ought not be above any task the Lord needs done tonight, amen? I don't care, me, everybody, amen? Hey, listen, we ought to, we ought to have a servant's heart at any time, amen? We ought not be uh, ashamed to, to serve 
serve tables or, or do what needs to be done, amen, to clean the toilets or what have you. Hey, listen, we, we need that kind of uh, not just uni unity, but certainly we need that kind of humility as well, and God will certainly bless you for that. And then uh, number three, the work of the Lord needs zeal. And again, I'm not going to read a lot of these scriptures, but uh, uh, we start there about verse 15 through 32, and that covers the fountain gate all the way back up to the sheep gate, as you uh, see there. And, uh, but I want to talk about this zeal, uh, particularly a, a man here that, that I want to uh, talk about. Um, and really, just a, just a real quick point here, and we'll be done, because we want to have some time for a business meeting. But uh, certainly, our best effort, I mean, that's, that's what's good enough for God, amen? Whatever your best effort is, you know, that's, that's what's good enough for God. Um, and as you can see, this stretch really includes several gates. They're close together, uh, plus the watchtowers along the way as well. So a great deal of work. Um, uh, many believe that this side was also probably the most difficult side to work on. But we notice a man in particular here. Look at verse 20. Um, and after him was Baruch, uh, the son of Zabbi, uh, earnestly repaired the other piece from the turning of the wall unto the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. So we're back up to the sheep gate. But notice there that little phrase, uh, earnestly repaired. Um, that's that's a, a great little, a little phrase there that indicates a great deal. Um, uh, earnestly repaired. You know, sometimes your pastor will say, you know, we ought to be serving the Lord today with a sense of urgency. Now, I'm not talking about panic, okay? I'm not talking about confusion, disorganization, but there ought to be a sense of urgency about serving the Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. You say, why? Because the eastern sky could split in any second, and the age and day of grace that you and I live in will end. Amen. So, listen, we just don't know. Uh, and so we need to serve the Lord with a sense of urgency. We need to serve the Lord uh, with, with zeal. And uh, so that earnestly uh, is really uh, just, just a, a great little phrase here. I loved what I did uh, word search on it, see, on it. And that word earnestly is the same word. I'm not going to, I can't say those uh, uh, Hebrew words. But uh, it, it's often used, not all the time, but it was often used uh, in connection uh, uh, with a, a burning anger. Now, I'm not, don't take that the wrong way, but this, was, this man here, Baruch, was, was serious. I mean, he, had, he, his, he was passionate about what needed to be done. He had, a, he had a goal, buddy, and, and, and look out. You know, you, you lollygag around, I'm going to walk over you. Hey, listen, there's, there's work to be done, amen. And so, again, you know, we, we, we balance these things. Uh, one preacher called it a blazing zeal. Woo, amen, I, I tell you. You guys know my heart about the, the feminizing of manhood today and and, hey, we need, we need men that have a blazing zeal, amen, certainly for the things of God. Uh, and, boy, I, I hope to meet him someday. Uh, and, and so he earnestly, he, he earnestly repaired. Uh, he he uh, even grieved, if you will, to get the work done. Amen. And praise the Lord, we all need to, do, we need, we need to be that way. And so just some characteristics there. We, we talked about unity, humility, and certainly zeal. The work of the Lord needs not just men, but women 
again, with unity, humility, and zeal. You know, uh, when, when, you, when you have those three things in a church body, there isn't anything that we can't accomplish in the name of, in the, name of the Lord. Amen? I mean, isn't that wonderful to think about? Uh, hey, listen, uh, there, there's a great task ahead of us, and we're going to talk about the, the magnitude of that work throughout these lessons. And certainly we look at the, the work that's going on, you know, trying to reach people with the gospel and so forth. We look at that and we say, boy, what a, you know, boy, can we, can we reach them in this day and age, preacher? Is revival possible? Yes, it is possible. Amen. Hey, listen, we just, we just need to learn from what we read in the Bible. In this case, even in the Old Testament uh, about, uh, about unity and humility and zeal. Amen. And so I want that to be an encouragement to you tonight. So we're going to have our pianists come and get ready for the invitation tonight and ask the rest of you, if you will, to stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I just want to have a quick word of prayer. And, and maybe God is speaking to your heart tonight. You know, um, I know we just live in a day and age where we're stretched thin and we're busy, but you guys have heard me say this several times uh, throughout my pastor here. You know, when we really want to do something, we'll make it happen, right? I mean, we really want to get something done. We'll, we'll overcome whatever it is, you know, uh, uh, convenience, expediency, all that just goes out the door, amen. Hey, listen, there's a job to be done, and there's nothing more important on the face of the planet than lost souls to be saved, amen. I mean, there's nothing more important. Your ego isn't more important. Uh, your personal desires, you know, your goals in life, if you will, none of that outweighs the need for souls to be saved. But we got to strengthen our hands. God has chosen to use people, imperfect people like me and you, to, to be his, his eyes and His hands and His feet. Amen? It doesn't mean we all have to be the same. It doesn't mean that we even have to agree on every little detail in life. But when it comes to the gospel, we want to be unified. Amen? Hey, listen, we need to be unified. We need to be humble about some things. And we need to have a zeal, amen, a zeal to see folks saved. Hey, I tell you, uh, that ought to be something every one of us ought to pray for. I, boy, I wish I could say I'm there. I'm not. I could improve in every one of those. All three of those areas I could be better at, amen. How about you tonight? Maybe you ought to come pray about that. Say, Lord, use me. You know, a lot of times I hear, preacher, we need help. We need help. Yeah, I know we do. Hey, God knows we need it too. He's, he's calling out people. We're, we're seeing things happen. But how about just maybe focusing on yourself? Say, what can I do? You know, you might have some physical limitations or what have you. But hey, listen, you, there, I guarantee you there's something you can do. Amen. I guarantee it. Ask God to help you again. If we really want to do something, we'll find a way tonight. So, Father, as we give this invitation, I hope that people would come. And, Father, again, maybe, uh, again, as we read here tonight, uh, there in chapter 2, to have a mind to work, to strengthen our hands. And, uh, Father, with the task ahead, Father, help us tonight. Uh, strengthen us, Lord. Help us to uh, overcome the obstacles that are out there, Lord. I know it's a great work. I know it's not an easy work. Uh, Father, it's, uh, uh, it can, it can uh, even be discouraging at times. But, dear God, we, we know that, that you want uh, Central Calvary Baptist Church to accomplish great things. So, Father, help us to step out on faith, Lord, and, and maybe get out of our comfort zone tonight. And, and maybe not look from side to side, but say, you know, here am I. Send me. And, Father, we'll thank you for that. And, Father, uh, certainly uh, there is a great deal of work that needs to be done uh, to spread the gospel. We just here in West Plains. 
So, Father, help us tonight as we spend a little time in prayer. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen.